Welcome to another episode of Who's Your Band? Uh, this is the first time I ever get to count off the show because Jeff is always the one who counts off the show in the beginning and introduces me, but uh, I am Sean Moore and Jeff Paul might jump in, he might not jump in. Uh, we just did an episode just now from our cars because we were both running around like crazy people and uh, Jeff had to run into the urgent care. So as of right now, I am running the ship and I am very excited for our guest today. Uh, not only is this the best looking guest we've ever had on our show, uh, this is also the first guest that is not in the country. Yes. The one and the only Lucy Power. Welcome to the show, Lucy. How are you? I'm good. Hello, and thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Now, you are in Australia, is that correct? That's correct. Are you born and raised in Australia? Yes, I live in Brisbane, but I was born in South Australia. I've lived around Australia a little bit, so but I'm in Brisbane now. You get to the States often? No, I've only ever, ever been once, and that was for the AVN Awards at the beginning of last year. So your first trip was last year. I understand that because isn't like Australia like a 24-hour plane ride from New York? Yeah, it's it's a long way away. And I didn't go, I only went to the West Coast as well. I went to LA and Vegas, so I didn't even make okay. it to the East Coast. Yeah, that's uh, when I fly out to L.A., it's like six hours. And once I'm over Colorado somewhere, I start getting very, very antsy. And I want the plane to land immediately. Oh, absolutely. Five hours is usually when I start getting a little bit irritated as well. So yeah, what so I did to Hawaii and then Hawaii to L.A. So that broke it up a little bit. That's still a long trip, though. It is. It is. But I have done longer. I've um, flown to Paris before and had to stop in, uh, I think, I was in Perth then and we flew to Dubai first and then to Paris. And on the way back, there was probably a stop in Hong Kong. So it's not the worst mm. I've done. What is uh, What was your first impression of the United States? It was, it was really overwhelming because it was a very busy trip. I went very last minute and was sort of, I went with a friend, another um, performer and mm -hmm. was sort of tagging along with her and learning the ropes and meeting people. So it was just a whirlwind. And I didn't really get to see much of the cities themselves. Yeah. The um, experience of just being there and in another culture and um, just driving on the other side of the road was so like free. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. The best energy drinks ever. That was <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You know, and you actually picked two of the, of the uh, best and worst cities to go to for your first United States experience. Because me personally, I love Los Angeles. I'm a huge fan of Los Angeles. We're, we're on the East Coast. So we're, uh, I'm in New Jersey. Uh, I'm literally five minutes from the Statue of Liberty. So yeah. I'm, I'm really close to New York City and Jeff lives in New York City. So it's a very uh, polar opposite of the West Coast. Yeah. Uh, it's very, we're very in your face over here and we don't, we don't take a lot of shit and we will tell you that, you know, if you're wrong, we're going to let you know that you're wrong. And LA is very laid back and Vegas yeah. is a whole other animal in itself. Yes, I could see that. I could see that. I spent more time in Vegas. So um, it, that was incredible. That was very interesting. The Just the environment alone was yeah. uh, stunning. When you walk when you walk around Vegas and you realize that people are so happy because they're coming from like the middle of America and they're walking around with their, you know, University of Kansas sweatshirt and they probably lost their entire retirement fund. But they're happy because they have a plastic drink in their hand the entire trip. It's a very it's very weird. There's no clocks in Las Vegas because it's everything's open 24 seven. Well, that's why time doesn't matter. Yeah, time does not matter in Vegas. But uh, the last time I was there, I went to see Lady Gaga twice. Oh, nice. That would have been epic. 
It was it was pretty epic. It was a very, very tiny theater. Um, when she came through, I literally looked up and 20 feet from me was her feet just wow. flying, flying through. Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting place to go to, uh, especially for the AVNs. I've never been out there for the AVN Awards, but uh, I've heard that uh, it's a very interesting uh, experience because I know some people who have hosted the AVNs. Okay. And it's a uh, they use they, they they tend to use stand up comics for some reason yeah. to host the AVNs and uh, I am a comic myself and our co- my co host is one as well, so uh, we're not at that level of hosting porn awards yet. But uh, that's a goal. It's definitely a goal. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, good goal to have. <laughs> yeah. So tell me tell me the experience about the AVNs. Like what what does it entail when you get there? <gasps> okay, well. Um... There was a massive lineup. <laughs> yeah. And there were like two different ways of getting in. You had like different colored passes. So, you know, if you were gold, you'd go in first before the, the rest of the crowd. And it was it was really quite incredible because I, I felt like a star. I went in with um known performers, um, like luckily, and walk, got to walk down the red carpet, which was a lot longer than I thought it would be. It sort of went through the whole floor of well, one of the casinos where it was hosted. And uh like there were um the crowd was like cordoned off and they're all like waving and taking photos and yelling out your name and um I did actually have my name yelled at once because mm. <laughs> I did know someone in the crowd um so yeah it was it was quite overwhelming very mm-hmm. full on very intense um so much different to anything you get here in Australia I can imagine uh, so yeah it was uh exciting really exciting very thrilling tiring because there's a lot of standing around waiting for the actual awards um meeting like dozens of people so it's all introductions and um and then just getting to the awards itself and i think the actual award ceremony can be a little bit tedious i don't know if you've ever been to an award ceremony but yeah. it's you know, like any award ceremony except that one was just on such a massive scale because they had performers like diplo and doja cat and oh, wow. nothing we would ever get in australia so it, it was pretty exciting and i was sitting behind Angela White at one stage and she's mm-hmm. number one um, female porn actress and she's Australian and it was uh, pretty exciting. I saw like fangirling behind her. I didn't say anything. <laughs> a total freak. <laughs> Do you remember what casino it was in? No, no idea. I, I had no idea where I was most of the time because it was just busy. For me, I was there to work and, yeah. um, and meet and network. And so I didn't, I really didn't know where I was most of the time. <laughs> I go I'll be in the states for a month and um you know in Vegas for at least probably two weeks of that time and we'll hopefully get to be a bit of a tourist as well now were you up for any awards or are you just there to network oh, not in the AVNs. no I'm so new to porn and I get nominated in the Australian awards mm-hmm. uh, but not the AVNs yet I have people nominating me but I just don't have enough of a fan base yet to gotcha. be selected so the obvious question I'm going to ask you is what made you get into it? It was like a natural progression from escorting. So sex work in Australia is legal. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm a sex worker and I have a Twitter account and I sort of developed this cult following. And I think just being like the first fitness escort in Australia and I'm a professional bodybuilder and I've got tattoos and all that sort of thing. And I was really quite um, open about being a sex worker and being a mom and just like a normal person and trying to reduce the stigma of it. Um, 
So I had some fans who were really loyal and they tagged me in some Australian companies posts when they were wanting new talent. And so one of the companies, um, Aussie Fellatio Queens, they contacted me and asked if I was interested in shooting with them. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? It was a good opportunity to go down to Melbourne and try something new. And I'm a total exhibitionist and I love performing and I thought, why not? And I loved it and just started from there. It's got to be a hard balance, though, being a mom and, and doing this, too. Oh, yeah, it's very challenging. Definitely. How many um, children do you have? I have three kids. Wow. What, what ages are they? Um, nearly 16, 14, nearly 10. So the 10 year old is what you really got to worry about. The 14 and 16 year old are pretty much on their own. Oh yeah. And even my 10 year old is quite uh, independent, but yeah, I, my, my job is being a mom. Definitely. Good. That's my one priority and um, everything else goes around that. Wow. That's see, there's such a stigma uh, here in the United States with sex work, you know, and it's very taboo, you know, it's very taboo, but it's very wide. It's very wide open. And people seem to think that if it was legalized here, um, you know, as far as doing, uh, you know, testing and things like that. Now, you're required to have regular testing as far as that goes. Not required, but I do. And I do testing. You mean like STI testing? Yeah. Yeah, I do that because um, I do content. Yeah, like there are certain, uh, like, sorry, I project, like I do porn with other content creators in Australia. Right. So um, it's just, there's no, there's no like regulatory body. So it's just mostly based on what we expect from each other because we like to be safe. So I get okay. tested like every two to three weeks. And, and then that just is good for my escorting job as well. But because with escorting, um, like you're not allowed to have unprotected sex and all that sort of stuff as well. Each state has their own laws um, mm-hmm. in Australia, escorting is actually illegal, um, but in Queensland, which is the state I live in, it's legal, but there are certain things that you can't do. So it's um, not fully decriminalised. Okay. Which is kind of like in the United States too. It's le- it's illegal everywhere with the exception of Las Vegas. Yes. Yes. I was okay. That. So that makes sense too, because we're at 50 states. How many states are in Australia? Eight. <laughs> we have 50 here. We have 50 here. So it's only legal in one, which is kind of, uh, and not even the whole state. It's only in two cities in the state, in, in Reno and in Las Vegas. That's kind of weird. That's kind of different. Um, still is a stigma. Even though it's legal here, there still is very much a stigma around it. It's, it's really ridiculous because, you know, you should be able to do whatever you want with your body. And yes. if that means you say to if someone says to you, I want to give you this much money to spend time with you, it should be your decision and not anybody else's to govern. And I do understand the whole aspect of making sure people are safe and protected, which is why you do the testing. But uh, I, I we're we're here. We're actually on we're really, really close to having marijuana legalized federally. It's yeah. still done by state here. Uh, my state in New Jersey just passed it actually last uh, November. So we're yeah. we, we're like six months in, we, we, about six more months, and then it's going to be legalized here. But they actually consider it almost on the same level, which is completely asinine. It's completely asinine because it should be legal to do that, and it should be legal to do what you do. It's your yeah. it's your personal decision. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, I agree. And if it is legalised, then um, you can start uh, maybe like unions or regulatory bodies that can help regulate the industry because I understand why there's a stigma, definitely. 
Um, but in order for us to be safer, you need it to be legalised so that we can get support if anything bad sure. happens. But then it also takes the stigma away from our clients, the people who pay escorts, because there's a stigma around people who pay sex workers as well. And it shouldn't be. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, it's like a whole hidden subculture. When you think about it, because, I mean, there's people who are, you know, who are married, who are dating and whatever, and you have your partner. But there's just there are some people who just say, hey, I don't want to be in a relationship, but I also yes. want to get my rocks off at the same time, too. So yes, there, there, there's a lot of that. And, and you know, there really needs to have some sort of breakdown of the stigma because it, it's 2020 or no, it's 2021 now, actually. Now that I think about it, but um yeah, there, it, it's an old way of thinking. It really, really is an old way of, it's an antiquated way of thinking. And look, you're covered in tattoos, you know, I'm I'm covered as well. And even that, to this point, still has a stigma. Oh, it's, absolutely. It's not as bad. It's not as bad anymore. But, you know, there's still, I remember at a job that I used to work at, I would get constantly, you know, I, I can't believe you have those. I'm like, well, it's like 2018, dude. I really need to get over it. You know, it's it's only a little bit of ink. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's see. Um, do you mind? Is it appropriate for me to ask you how old you are? Yeah, totally. I'm 40. Okay. So if you're going into um, the adult film industry, do you get requests to go into different categories now because of your age? Um, I wouldn't say, I mean, yes, yeah, sort of like I fit the MILF category. So I would probably do well in the MILF category. Okay. Um, yeah, there's no way I'm going to, you know, fit in the teen category. So, <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Has there any, has there been ever been a person that you just flat out refuse to work with? Not yet. Not yet. Because you're fairly new still, right? Yeah, I am very new. And it, although I've been in touch with a lot of performers from the States, I haven't really worked professionally with any guys over there. I've done a couple of little like amateur scenes. Okay. Um, so for me, I would do my research. If someone contacted me, I would just do as much research as I can about that person. And if I was happy to go ahead and their communication with me directly was good, then I'd work with them. And if I wasn't happy with um, my time with them in that situation, I just wouldn't work with them again. And, and I've, I'll probably stay independent as well. I don't know if I'll go through a talent agent. It really just depends because I am older as well. It depends on who would want to even take me on as. Well, it is, it is very weird because I'm 44 and even I'm not comparing the comedy industry with the porn industry, but once you do get to that level where you do need a manager, it gets very different because then you really can't make your own schedule. You really have to depend on them. And when you're independent, it is one of the most freeing, amazing experiences as a performer to be able to make your own schedule, to work as hard as you want to work. Uh, yeah. Right now, you can see the chaos behind me. I'm moving. So if I was if I if I had to, uh, be, you know, be on the road right now, I would I would not be able to move because I yeah. would have to be constantly, you know, on the go and, and doing what I have to do. But uh, tell me about Naked News. Oh, my God. I'm so fucking excited about this. I um, So uh, one of the award programs in Australia is the X Awards, and that's where in 2019 I won um, Best Female Adult Content Creator with them. Okay. Um, I hooked up with the Naked News in Canada to create a competition for the first Australian Naked News anchor. And they 
um, basically sent out invitations to a lot of the female content creators in Australia uh, and New Zealand, I think, um, to submit an application to be the next Naked News presenter. And I was interested, but then I sort of got really busy and decided that I wasn't going to apply. And uh, my boyfriend was like, um, what the fuck? No, yes, you are applying. Don't be an idiot. No, he didn't say don't be an idiot. No, he said you've got to apply. But time just kept running out. And I literally did it about one or two days before the cutoff time. This video, edited it, chucked it in and just thought, we'll just see. We'll see how we go. And I I promoted it a lot, the voting, because I'm I'm just really good with that. I if, if you want followers, if you want votes, you've got to promote it. So mm-hmm. I promoted all of my platforms. I had other performers promoting me. Um, I was fortunate enough to get Sarah J retweeting my tweet. That's I met great. Her, yeah, I met her in Vegas and she was really nice and um, she's very down to earth and her communication with me has been nice and professional and she retweeted. So that might have got some extra votes for me. Sure. Um, and so I sort of had a good feeling because I know that I'm a good presenter and uh, my body looks good naked. And I really engage with the audience and I just think I'm a good speaker. So in terms of that, I thought I'd be good for the job and that they would want me. But it also came down to popularity. And that's where I was a bit concerned because some of the other girls had like much larger followers like on Instagram, although my better. So I just sort of put it in the hands of uh, all my fans. And um, when the cutoff day came, like when they said they would notify us, they didn't let us know straight away. And I just thought, (laughs) <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God, I'm trying not to think about it, but I couldn't stop thinking about it. It was like waiting for uni results, um, like college results. And um, then I got a phone call from the CEO of Sweet Release Agency, who was also like the same as the X Awards. They're the ones dealing with the Naked News. But I was actually just going to go into a meeting and I missed the call and I left him a message and we kept missing each other. And I was like, oh, is he calling me because I've won? He called me because I lost. I just don't know. He wasn't giving anything away in the tone of his voice. And, uh, yeah, and then we eventually got in touch with each other and he said, I'm calling to say that you're the winner. And, yeah, there was a bit of screaming going on. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I was just, I'm so fucking excited because um, I feel like it's just like another step towards more professional work in the adult industry. Okay. I love doing all the amateur stuff that I do. Like I... I survive and thrive on all the amateur stuff that I do, which I love. I, I just always like to grow and expand my opportunities. And so I will get a chance to go to Toronto as well to film in my studio eventually when coronavirus comes um, down. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's going to be an incredible experience because I've never been to Canada. And, uh, yeah, so I actually have a meeting with them tomorrow to, like, talk about the contract and, and all that sort of stuff. So hopefully I get started soon. Awesome. Any interest in doing uh, regular acting? Absolutely. I, I don't have any experience apart from the sort of stuff that I've done, like in an amateur adult sense, which really isn't acting, but I'm not afraid of being in front of the camera and giving it a go. Well, obviously. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think once you've done the sorts of things I've done, you can really do anything. That's um, true. <laughs> that is very true. I, I've just taken on a, a manager over here just uh, in a probationary sense because I've never had a manager before. I'm so used to um, working independently and he's going to sort of just look after more mainstream stuff. So try and get me more mainstream modeling, um, possibly acting and just other things. I don't know. I'm just going to leave it in his hands and see what he's going to do. 
and uh, that might hopefully get me some work as an actor and an extra somewhere. I don't know. It'd be fun. I might recommend a reality show for you. We have a great show over here called Naked and Afraid. <laughs> that sounds scary. <laughs> so what they, they basically do is they put you on a uh, island and they make you do like really weird shit, like, you know, hunt for your own fish and leave you out in the woods with no, with no uh, shelter, but everybody's naked. I, you know, is, I think I've seen little bits of that. And the only requirement I would need is a masseuse. Yeah, they don't have that in the woods. I hurt my back a while ago, so I couldn't do anything too physical. You're a porn star. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the good um, thing about is that, you know, it's there are certain positions you've got to get in, but it's like a limited time that you have to be in those positions. So, you know, I could do like an hour of all these different positions. My back might feel a little sore after I get a massage and I'm sweet. An hour, huh? Oh, I don't know. It really depends. Every, every single scene and every single company is different. That sounds exhausting. Luckily, I love it. Oh, well, God bless you. <laughs> Speaking of loving it, how does your boyfriend react to your your uh, professions? He loves it. Really? Yeah. In fact, I've become more successful because of his support, because he actually comes up with a lot of my creative ideas. I call him my creative director without <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um, yeah no he he's really supportive I think he just likes seeing me really happy and he can see that I'm really passionate and I work really hard every day for success and um, he doesn't get left behind he gets to have lots of fun with me he does a lot of my videography work too um, so he yeah he's really supportive that's great I mean now here's a stupid question I'm sure you get asked this a lot how often do you fake it on camera um, it really depends. Like I would, I would say maybe fifty percent of the time, but I think most people, most performers, will fake it more. But I'm, I'm a genuine slut, and I mean that in a good way. <laughs> like I'm happy, right? So I've had a lot of time to, to play around, mess around, experience stuff, and I genuinely love having sets and being in those sorts of experiences. And I think that's one of the reasons why I do so well and my stuff popular is because a lot of it's genuine. And that's why I like the amateur stuff too, because that's just genuine fucking. Interesting. Say that. <laughs> very, no, that's a very, that's a very, listen, I, I, I expected it to be a lot higher personally. I thought it would be a lot higher, but listen, when you love your job, you really yeah. love your job. Yeah. But I'm really, I'm really in tune with my body as well. And I, I want to enjoy it and I want to have fun. So I pay attention to the things that are going to create that sensation for me. Whereas a lot of women or men might really shut that off. Okay. Look, it's like, it's like any, any kind of performance that you do. Like we, as comics, we want to make people laugh and that is our goal. And then there's people who are only in it for a paycheck yeah. and you can see who is only in it for a paycheck. And then you know the people who are really into their craft, who love their art, who love the way that they perform, who are really invested in it, and you see the difference. And basically what I'm telling you is stand-up comedy is really like porn. I mean, we do get fucked a lot. We really, really do from, from managers and bookers and everything like that. But it's any art. It's any form of art or performance. When you, when you put that time and that effort into it, it's going to show out. It's going to show in, in the actual end result. Yes, and, and a lot of my fans have said that to me, that, uh, you know, they, they subscribe to my OnlyFans page and they've been to other 
performers OnlyFans pages and they can see the difference and they can tell the difference between a woman who's doing it for the money and someone who just does it because they love it. So I, I do this a lot because I've filmed myself and photographed myself for years before I even started selling it online, before I even thought about porn, because I'm a, a natural exhibitionist. I love to show people all that naughty stuff. So to me, it's just second nature to constantly record myself doing it. It's just like a bonus that I earn money from it too. You know, OnlyFans is, is a good thing that you brought up. Did, do you get a good source of revenue stream from that? Uh, it's It's okay but I want it to be better. So I'm always working on it. It can, I know it will be better, but it comes down to your, your following overall across all sort of uh, social media platforms and how well you're known. So that's why I want to keep working in porn and then hopefully the Naked News will boost my profile because it just comes down to numbers. So sure, at the moment, good. it's not too bad. Good. Now, do you guys have um, conventions down in Australia as well? We have like Sexpo. If yeah. That's- with me yeah that's about it though sexpo and obviously it didn't happen last year because of coronavirus it's meant to be happening again this year in sydney um but i don't know if it will so that's basically the only thing we have now is it kind of weird to see all the the fans that are coming to see you like knowing what they've done no no i love it okay yeah, I think that's really exciting because I, I and part of the reason why I keep doing what I do is I get turned on by turning other people on. Did so Corona did now as far as being uh, an escort? Did, did coronavirus affect your business greatly in Australia? Yeah, because we weren't allowed to work, which makes sense, and I wouldn't have oh, wanted wow. to. And we were. Um, you know, told that we would be fine if we were caught working. And I, I actually had someone dog me in for working, even though I wasn't. So I have haters out there. And mm-hmm. uh, I had the police come to my house saying, you, we've, you've been reported for working. Wow. Was, that's, bull- that's bullshit because my kids are actually upstairs. So can you hurry this up and piss off because I don't want them to know. That, that do, you, do your children know? Uh, my two eldest know what I do, but my youngest doesn't. What age do you think you tell them? Uh, the little one, I don't know. It'll just come down to, I'll just have to gauge over the years how I think she might respond to it, but probably no earlier than sort of maybe 13. Yeah. that's I, that's. I'd as long as I can, but right now definitely it's too young. 10 is too young. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, we are a music podcast. But we, yes. tend, we, we tend to uh, we tend to we go one direction or the other. We either have somebody who doesn't shut the fuck up about music or what we do is we talk about it for the last three minutes. So yeah, okay. what kind of music are you into? Well, I like all music. Um, okay. It depends on the situation and what I'm doing. Uh, what I grew up with as a teenager were bands like Foo Fighters, Nirvana. Okay. So I like I really appreciate all that grungy sort of 90s stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as R&B and hip hop. Um, but I'm also like I was a clubber when I was young. So techno and, uh, you know, um, club music, that sort of stuff was is, is always really good. But I don't listen to a lot of music now because I'm just so busy and I need sure. to sort of hear sorts of things I'm editing. But I'm also an artist, like I paint. I see I'm, that. It's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> um, when I'm painting, I like more sort of chilled out stuff. Um, I tend to go to her, H-E-R. I oh, she's her. amazing. I saw her in concert open for uh, Erica Badu. 
Oh my God. I love Erica Badu as and well. <laughs> that was, that was an absolute amazing concert. And uh, yeah. after I left, you know, the general consensus was we're really looking at the illegitimate daughter of Prince. Oh, really? Yeah. She's, Hera's just absolutely amazing. Um, she's, she's definitely going to be one of the people who's going to be around for a very, very, very long time. I agree. And she's incredible. Beautiful voice, beautiful songs. I don't know if she writes her own stuff. She writes her own stuff and she plays guitar and she plays like nine instruments as well. Her so much and so I she really that really helps me get into the zone with my art um but also like just some really good Aussie hip-hop bands as well like um Hilltop Hoods uh 360 oh, no, you just have to look them up <laughs> are, those Austra- are those Australian bands Hoods, yeah oh, okay so here's the question I'm going to ask you so they tell you that you have to live in that shithole in New Zealand for the rest of your life on a little bitty island and you have to pick three artists you can only listen to for the rest of your life who are the three artists are going to be um um let's go oh definitely food fighters okay uh help me out though help me out because now that i'm on the spot i can't think of anyone this is what i do i'm a good person to put on spot yeah artists we can stick with just the food fighters if you want the food fighters are one of my favorite bands too have you ever seen them live no. Do they come to Australia? Um, I don't know if they've come to Australia. Yeah, I think they've come to Australia. Yeah. I've seen oh. them uh, probably eight times. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I saw them um, actually when their very first album came out right after Nirvana had broken up. I saw them at a very tiny gymnasium at a college, which was probably about a thousand people. And then I've seen them in Fenway Park in Boston, which had 80,000 people. I've seen them at City Field. Ellis is hell. <laughs> oh, is he really? He can jump on if he wants. It's totally fine with us. Um, yeah, they are, um, they're one of my probably top five favorite bands too. And as far as, uh, as going live, I always suggest to anybody, if you are not a fan of them, go and watch them live because I've seen them play for three hours and 45 minutes. Oh my and God. that was when Dave broke his leg and was sitting on a throne for three oh. hours and 45 minutes playing. It is a, it is a surreal experience to see the Foo Fighters live. It really is. Unbelievable. I would. And look, I have to say one other band is U2. Like I think they're, I grew up listening to U2 and they've got so much music and it's quite diverse. So U2 is another good one. I used to work um, at Giant Stadium. I don't know if you know where that is. So in in American football, um, there was an old stadium called Giant Stadium. Now it's called MetLife Stadium. And the New York Giants and the New York Jets both play there. When I used to work there, they would give the employees uh, discount tickets. I got to see U2 for $2. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) And um, we saw Oasis for $3. We saw the Smashing Pumpkins for a dollar. And I'm not talking about sitting all the way up in God's country. I'm talking about 14th row seats where people next to us are paying $300 a ticket and we got to see them for $2. U2 is an amazing live band as well. I mean, they they consistently change their... Uh, stage set up for every single tour so you're not seeing the same show every time either yeah i did see you two live in perth and jay-z was the supporting um wow 
and that was an incredible concert. Yeah, they tend to bring out different types of uh, opening acts. When I went yeah. to see uh, Guns N' Roses a couple of years ago, I saw them, I think, six times in the matter mm-hmm. of a few weeks because I'm a Guns N' Roses fanatic. And they had uh, Lenny Kravitz open up for them. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So you see Lenny Kravitz playing in front of 75,000 people. It, uh, it takes it to a different level. It really does. I love live music. I definitely have to see more when coronavirus is over. Now, are things opening up down there? Or are you guys still on lockdown, basically? We just went, we're just coming out of a three-day lockdown because we had one case. So our whole city locks the whole city down because of one case. For one case. One case. New Jersey uh, had 4,000 cases yesterday. Oh, my God. Yes. Are you guys in lockdown or what? No, we only had lockdown in the very beginning. Um, They locked down for two weeks and they said, uh, listen, it's only going to be two weeks. We're going to flatten the curve. That was March. Wow. Yes. So right now where I live in in New Jersey, we are at 15% positive. Wow. Yes. 15% of the state is testing positive. Uh, it's only getting worse. It's yeah. only getting worse. And uh, New York, I mean, New York City is, is very high as well, too, because we're only five minutes from New York City. But the entire state of New York is about 9%. But I believe that New York City is at 20 at this point. When I hear stuff like that, that's when I sort of appreciate the fact that our government is really, like, over the top with their lockdowns and their response to it. Because I think overall we've had about, 20 positive cases or something in our state. Wow. Yeah. And I think um, Queensland is probably one of the better states as well as Western Australia. So um, Victoria and New South Wales with Sydney and Melbourne, they were a little bit harder hit, especially Victoria. But, um, yeah, I think our response is sometimes seems over the top, but we don't have as many cases. It also comes down to our population, though. Like we're we're so sparsely populated, it's... Yeah, it is true. That is very true. For a very long time, some the cities out, well, the states out in the Midwest and then the Northwest were uh, not as hit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like New York just hit a million cases. (laughs) Yeah, New York hit a million cases. Like there's so many things that are going on. Like in New York, there's no more indoor dining. Um, they still want you to, uh, eat outdoors. And right now, if I pull up my phone, I'll tell you how cold it is. It is right now, 36 degrees. It's a balmy 36 degrees here. Uh, that's Fahrenheit, by the way. Yeah, I uh, heard how much that is. It'd be about what, 10, 10? 18 degrees Celsius here. And it yeah. will be hot. Like, is that cold? It's freezing. Yeah. It's freezing. It's freezing. It's, it's fucking freezing. Just so you know, it's freezing here. I'm sitting here but, sweating my ass off. You can see my head getting shinier as I talk because it's so hot. <laughs> but they, you know, and that's the thing because they didn't take control of everything. Now they're saying, hey, you know what? You can have indoor dining. You can have outdoor dining. So you're basically going to sit out there in a winter coat with a space heater over you and trying to eat some ramen. It really doesn't work. <laughs> it's really unfortunate. I wish, and I, I, I hope that the states gets itself sorted out just so I can come visit. No, just so everyone well, knows. We got the vaccine approved. I know you know you probably heard that already. Something like that. I don't watch a lot of news or listen to yeah, it. Yeah, so that's the big thing is now that the vaccine has been approved and it started to roll out. Um, they're doing it in phases. So like the first phase is elderly people, 
uh, for a social, you know, first responders, doctors, nurses, and teachers. And then it goes to people who have conditions. So probably by April is what they're estimating. April or May is when it'll be readily available for everybody. That's a bit exciting. And hopefully there's a good reaction or response to that. It's 50-50. It's people are saying, you know, some people are like, sign me up, shoot me in the arm. I want to go out and party. And some people are like, no, I don't want to grow a fucking tail in 20 years. So I'm not doing it. I've heard about that. And and the big thing I think, well, I don't know, your kids are in school, like an actual physical school. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing, too, is that we are all doing remote learning now. Oh, I had to do that about six weeks and it killed me. <laughs> but imagine, so imagine these people who have, you know, three kids like yourself having three laptops yeah. all going at the same time while you're stuck inside. It has not been easy. That's actually not how all the kids found out what I do is because of lockdown and homeschooling. They accidentally got access to my stuff on my iPad. Your kid? My children, yeah. So this is only recent that they found out about this. Yes, my, my eldest daughter knew about my escorting for uh, probably eight months before they found out about the porn. And she uh, said that she would keep it to herself and that she didn't want me to tell the other kids. So I just, you know, went with that. And then, then the whole, uh, my younger one found me in videos on my iPad, but it wasn't branded with like a porn. I know it's really traumatic. I honestly, like she's probably going to need some psychological help later on. <laughs> um, uh, I basically just said that's what I do in my personal life. So I didn't say that I work in porn or anything like that. But the elder two were too smart to sort of just fall sure. for that. That's when I had to come out to them. Do you have all girls? No, my eldest is a boy. That's got to be very strange. Yeah, it, it, it is. And But I have a really good relationship with my kids and we have open communication and they've got a really normal, solid sort of life here. Uh, you know, I love them very much. I'm there for them. My partner's great with them. Um, they're happy, healthy, well-adjusted. And so I think because they've been like that and they've had such a normal life, they're able to sort of just accept it and move on. They don't really like it and don't like condone it, but we don't discuss the details, obviously. And um, uh, every now and again, I might touch base with them. And I was just having a conversation with my son the other day. And he was like, you know, I don't, it's sort of like uncomfortable that my mom does that, but you're your own person and you can make your own decisions and we just don't discuss it. So. Yeah. Um, it's a tough age though, because you know, 16 year old boys are assholes. You know, so, you know, if one, if, if it ever leaks out, like, you know, he's going to have somebody who says, Hey, I saw your mom last night. Hey, where'd you see her at the mall? No, no. I saw your mom last night. Yes, that's gotta yes, be a little, it's going to be a little weird for him if that ever pops up. Yeah. And that's why we have to keep it as quiet as we can, which sure. isn't all easy, but um, just fingers crossed that no one finds out while he's in school. When, when you go to a PTA meeting, what do they ask you that you do for a living? I don't go to those meetings. Good. It's exactly what I wanted to hear. Exactly what I, I wanted to hear. Sometimes, but um, I, I say I'm a life coach because I am actually a life coach as well. Oh, wow. Okay. That's something I want to do, but I got to get my life situated first before I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I, can, I just have a lot of experience when it comes to like bullshit happening in my life so I can help everyone else sort out theirs. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, this was one of the most fun interviews that I've done in a very long time. So why don't you tell our audience where they can find you on social media and what's your, what's your social media of preference? 
Okay. Uh, well, I use Instagram every single day for like stories and stuff like that for all my PG stuff, and that's at Real Lucy Power, and it's L U C I. And that's that's what I use mostly, or Twitter, and that's the same handle. And then if you just want all of my naughty stuff, just go to Linktree backslash Lucy Power, because then all of my are on there. Yeah, and uh, I want to say that this was very uncomfortable because my mom's name is Lucy as well. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. So a little uncomfortable, a little uncomfortable, but I'm okay. But uh, Lucy, thank you so much for being on the show. I hope you had a good time. We'd love to have you back on anytime you want. If you're promoting anything, please reach out to us. We will plug the shit out of it for you. Uh, you always have friends in the United States whenever you come. If you ever come to New York, please hook us up. We will definitely uh, show you and your boyfriend on the town and show you all the amazing parts of New York City, not that bullshit Times Square shit that you see on television. Yeah, we want we want all of the real stuff, not the touristy stuff. No, we will take care of that. Guys, thank you for watching the episode. Subscribe. Uh, get Lucy Power on all your social media. She is a great person. She's my new favorite guest. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>